drama, comedy, two sides of the same coin. Riverdale wasn't just a teen dramedy, it was a study in teenage angst, yearning, and nostalgia. They didn't know it when they started their journey, but Macintosh and Maude were on their way to a newfound obsession. Life's not like an Agatha Christie novel. It's a lot messier. Welcome to the doghouse. Chapter 15, Nighthawks. With the gunman still at large, Betty leads the charge to save Pops from closing. Jughead's attempt to find FP a new lawyer may have some serious repercussions. Let's recap this recap. Mm-hmm. Fred got shot. Pop. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try that again. Oh, man. Wow. I did that bad. Let's recap the recap. Mm-hmm. Fred got shot. Pop is spooked. Grundy's dead. Yay! Yay! Jughead's a serpent. Dilton's back. Smithers is suspicious. V's dad is an asshole. And Archie's got a baseball bat. Dun, dun, dun. But the real great thing about that is Grundy is dead. Yeah. Yay! Except we keep having to see her over and over again. Well, at least we know she's dead. She can't come back. And we've seen her die. Horror movie rules. We've seen her die, so she's dead. I don't trust this show. No, I think that's a pretty fair horror movie trope. If you don't see them die on screen, you can't say for sure that they're dead. So at the end of this episode, that's what we have to go with. Yeah. I think that's fair. We can, we can, we can proselytize all we want, but if we don't see them die, we don't know if they're dead. Hey, Pops used to be around in the 50s. What? During the riots? Somebody needs to explain the riots to me. We're going to need some more backstory on that. You can't just give us that line. Okay, so Jughead is narrating as as he does. And we see a flashback to Pops back in the day. Everyone's, you know, it's, you know, the old hot rod cars and Chevys and Corvettes. This should have been longer. It should have been a little bit longer. And then... Um, it fades into today and everything is bare and Death Diner has been spray painted on the outside and Jughead is just horrified. He goes in and there's Pop who's all alone and Pop goes, did you see what they wrote on my chocolate shop? And Jughead is not happy with what's going on. Hey, hot take. Pops is not a good actor. He hasn't been given enough yeah. He's the wise old black man right now. That's all he is. Like that's all he's that's all he's been given. But just be a little more distraught. Yeah, well, according he's seen a lot of things. Yeah, that's fair. But now he's sad because not only is nobody in his diner, which I'm sure he's probably not that surprised about. Somebody goes- was shot there. But it's it's the anger. It's the anger and then they defaced it. The abandonment. We cut to the Andrews home. Archie cannot cook. I mean, he is a 16-year-old boy. 15. Um, and he also clearly cannot time manage because everything's boiling over. And Fred shuffles in and says... It, do, it do, me. Yeah, do. Oh, I totally <laughs> thought. I was like, oh, look, it's, it's my husband. Because <laughs> that's what you look like when you're cooking. Yeah, that's pretty much true. No offense. The food usually well, turns here's out my pretty thing. good. I... I prefer to just make the mess, and then I will clean it up when it's done. And I 
am very methodical and I clean up as you go. I would never be able to work in an actual kitchen. No, you'd be shy. <laughs> yeah, I would. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Fred shuffles down and looks at what's going on with Archie and says, do I need a fire extinguisher? Mm-hmm. And Archie tells his dad, you should, you know, you should be resting. I was going to bring it to you. Fred assures him, I got to get up sometime. Uh, Archie starts slamming an energy drink, some, some Red Bull-alike drink, and his his dad says, okay, uh, it's a little early for that. Says, I'm fine. I'm fine. Gotta go talk to the sheriff. And then the sheriff calls, and he, he runs out of the room, and he's not talking to the sheriff. He's talking to the deputy. Yep. And I want to know who the fucking deputy is. We need to meet deputy. Yes. And... Uh, Archie is angry that the sheriff isn't calling him back because he needs to talk to him. Hey, did Mary just disappear? Yeah, I guess so. Okay. She she, she went back to Chicago. I mean, thanks, Fred, thanks, Molly. Like Fred, you showed up for an episode, and now you're gone. Fred's not dead, so yeah. You know, she doesn't have to stay there, and she's a lawyer, so she has a job. It just it would have been nice for them to say, "Oh yeah, mom left a few days ago." That's it. She could also still be in town, and she just didn't do anything in this episode. That's fair. I don't know. I don't know. She should be coming. She could be coming to check on Fred while Archie is at school. Well, we'll get into it later. There's some... honestly, it doesn't matter. I know, but there's some sloppy writing going on. This, this episode's episode. very sloppy. I don't think it's a. I've seen worse. I've definitely seen worse. I have. Nothing felt like bad, but it just kept going. Man, really? Let's do better. I know y'all are better. It didn't give us enough information to be moving the plot along, so I, I will forgive it for that. Anyway. We'll get into that more. I know. Uh, then we cut to the Pembroke, and Veronica is walking down the lobby and goes, TTFN, Smithers. <laughs> okay, that one was actually fun. Okay. I like that. <clears throat> so last week, I got really uptight about all of the knockoff names. Uh-huh. So, you know, like, blue, you know, what was it? Bean and Beluga. Bean and Beluga or Beluga, whatever, all those. Okay, I was really pissed about it last episode. And then I, when I was re-listening to it, I realized, oh, shit. They do that in the comic all the time. Uh... All the time. Every time. You know, I remember instead of, they do it with people's names, too. It's not Sandra Bullock. It's Sandra Cowlock. And stuff, like, just stuff like that where they're making a very obvious reference, but they're just not using the real name. And I was just like, I completely forgot about that, so I'm no longer angry, and I will let it go. <laughs> You're making this announcement to everyone now. I just want to know, I had forgotten about that. I apologize for my misplaced anger. Well, we appreciate you coming to this press conference today, and if you have any questions, you can hit us up by your email. But, but we'll, we won't be taking okay. any questions live right now. I don't know why. Okay, you're drinking too much coffee. It's been a long night. It has. Okay, so Smithers says, uh, Miss Veronica, you might want to take the side exit. She's like, oh, why? And Hiram walks in. He goes, so you can avoid running into me, Miha. Uh, you, you leave early before we've had breakfast. You come home late after we've had dinner. I can't remember the last time we had dinner as a family. Veronica says, oh, I do. It was... The day you got arrested with the Dakota. Hey, Camilla, she got it. She did. It's all it all clicked this episode. It, she did really good with her attitude. Meanwhile, her dad should have a mustache that he can twirl. Cause good grief. 
pretty sure her dad had a mustache in the comic. Huh, I'll have to go look that up. I'm talking old school comic. I haven't really... I just started reading the graphic novel that came out a few years ago. Which is actually apropos to some of the things that happened this episode. Uh, We'll talk more about Hiram later. Well, Hiram, Hiram presses Veronica. Is like, you know, we, we, I want to sit down and have a meal as a family. And Veronica's like, how about never, Dad? It's never good for you? As the New Yorker cartoon says. Yeah, she just walks away. She doesn't read the New Yorker. She glances at it. Breakfast table. The cartoons are fun. They, some of them are pretty good. We get to school, and the foursome is sitting there. And Jughead's telling them all that Pops is going to close and all his entire staff quit. And Betty says, this is nuts. Uh, and they have to do something to save Pops. And Jughead says, I cannot take on any more social justice <laughs> causes, <laughs> especially with my dad. But he's like, no, 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 you're right. You're dad. Hmm. She, <laughs> she says, I'll take point. Veronica says, I'll help too. Anything to get me out of the house. And <laughs> Jughead says, oh, another B&V. They should make a video game about you guys. <laughs> uh, Jughead says he's going to leave. He's going to go talk to FP's court-appointed lawyer. Archie says he's going to go with him so he can drop off some flyers. Archie looks bad. Yeah, there's uh, later in the scene where uh, there's a there's a scene a couple from here that I they did I thought they did a really good job making him look so haggard. It helps that KJ's acting his ass off he's again. He's acting very good. Um, they did a good job. Um, they let him. I, I assume they let him. They could be still, you know, makeup, but he has a little bit of a five o'clock shadow. I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's a little bit of both. I'm sure he's got a little bit of stubble, and they're, you know, just making it up to make yeah, it more prominent. Yeah, that his hair looks really dirty. It looks like it almost looks like they didn't dye his hair this week because it looks dirtier, and it, his hair is actually like almost dark black. There's a later scene where I had to ask that question because it was almost noticeable, but I was like, huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it looks, it looks, it gives it that extra dirty look to it, which mm-hmm. is great. You know, when you're not sleeping, you're not taking care of yourself, um, and he's got those dark circles under his eyes, a la Jughead. He looks bad. And, and yeah, but like appropriately so. So Archie's hanging out in the sheriff's office. Uh, you know, he's talking to the sheriff. He, you know, he's freaking out. You know, his dad's wallet's still missing, which means the shooter is still out there. Um, if you've got guys going on patrol, I can I can help because I'm a witness. And Sheriff is like, no, that's not going to happen. And while they're talking, he gets radioed. Um, Ten four. There's a fifty. There's a fifty three in Greendale, and we know that that is the call in for Grundy. Well, I got so I got a little. At first, I was like, wait a minute, why is he going outside of his jurisdiction? Then I realized he's a sheriff, not a police officer. Mm-hmm. And because it's small towns, you know, if he's if he's the sheriff, then he's probably the sheriff of the entire area county. Because there's probably it's probably not big enough to need a police force for, for just Riverdale or it's just the, the population. Um, it could also just be that because of the nature of the crime, they call each other. I mean, if there is another sheriff, or it could be that they didn't want to pay for extra actors. You know, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> That's fine. I don't know. I it was it, it was funny. But he he just looks at Archie and goes, "Hey kid, rub your scruff. Let, let let us do our job and you just move on with your life." Uh, we cut to FP and his lawyer and Jughead and FP is just wants to get to what is the deal 
the lawyer once you know starts talking about all the charges of all the bad shit FP did and FP is just is like I know what I did okay? <laughs> and Jughead looks at the lawyer and goes how many damn years by the way he says I've been doing this a long time this guy looks fresh out of law school yeah he looks he looks like a baby attorney it's so easy to hire a 50 year some 50 year old actor put it put a five o'clock shadow in a rumpled shirt with a tie and that character would work perfectly they miscast that badly mm. what are you gonna do there in vancouver still <laughs> we cut to oh well we also missed the sent the sentence though the deal is 20 no, years they don't tell us in this scene they tell us in, we find out in the next scene oh okay i thought it was this one nope then we cut to the andrew's home and Archie is keeping watch, and he is falling asleep on his little stump. Mm-hmm. And then he hears the back door, and he raises his baseball bat, and he's going towards the door saying, oh, it's Jughead. And Jughead is like, what? You're like one of the dream warriors from Nightmare on Elm Street 3. And he's talking to Archie. He's like, you know, I've been freaking out all night. I've been walking around trying to get my head around this. Uh, they've, he's, my dad's been offered a deal. Uh, it's 20 years. Um, and if he r- doesn't take it and they go to trial, he risks 40. And I'm really, really scared. Those sentences don't make a whole lot of sense to me. Except that they're trying to put somebody in jail for this. Yeah. They're the, trying to throw the book at him to make him an example. Because if they're really making a deal, they well, put him in jail. He did do a lot of bad shit. And that's fine, but if they were really... 20 been... years makes sense. No. Five makes sense. You've obviously never seen deals that DAs make with people. No, because this isn't a deal. I know. But it's They also, want him to go to jail. They want him to for go to jail and stay there time. forever. Um, yeah. Archie, you know, Archie sympathizes with Jughead and is just like, yeah. Really you know what's bad if Jughead's scared. Yeah, Jughead's like, I'm really scared. And Archie's nodding his head and he looks out the window and he's seeing a vision of the shooter standing outside the window. Riverdale. <laughs> We got to Betty, and she's on the phone with Jughead, and they're talking about meeting up at the mayor's office. And while they're talking, Betty looks through her window into Archie's room, and it, she sees that the light's on and everything's all clean and straightened up. And she's kind of like, "Huh?" And she gets off the phone with Jughead, and then we cut to Veronica, who's getting a phone call from from Betty. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and she's like, "Oh, okay." And then we cut to like it's very quick. <laughs> Then Veronica has shown up at the Andrews house. Archie opens the door without a shirt on. Hello, beefcake moment. Does he look skinnier? A little bit. He looks less toned. He's not like as six packy. Nicely done, guys. Maybe they let him tone him down. This so is also he could the look second, gaunt and scary. This yeah. is the second episode of the season, and I, I've heard that he, he's not allowed to eat what he wants to eat <laughs> while he's shooting mm. so during their hiatus he eats whatever he wants so this may be like oh i gotta get back at it maybe but it plays it plays to the character really it's well fine. it's fine he doesn't a, have to be so ripped it's ha- it's happenstance but it works yeah uh veronica asks him where have you been spending your nights i like his i like his line before anything and he just goes so betty 
<laughs> well, then they cut to their walking outside. He's like, so Betty. Because, <laughs> of course. Who else would have done like, this? Um, you know, she's like, what are you doing? He says, I'm watching the doors. And this is where I said that I, this is where I wrote that I thought he looked really good at being so haggard looking. Yeah, to me, it was almost distracting because I was like, wait, his hair's not r- correctly red here. And they it's were like, the oh, red. they did that on purpose. I, I would not be surprised. They're like, you know, we need to make him look really bad. And he's got a little bit of his regrowth. Let's not touch it up. Let's leave it there because he looks dirty. Mm-hmm. That works. Uh, and Veronica is talking. She's talking to them. And she says, you know, when I was in New York, I saw a therapist to get through all this. Now, I'm not saying you have to do that. But maybe you should go talk to the school counselor. That is some good advice. Talk to someone. He's been through a traumatic event. Mm-hmm. Talk to somebody. What? I would suggest this of all people, not just our fictional television characters. <laughs> TV can be great therapy, but it is not a replacement for professional help. Just, if you're having a rough go, talk to somebody. And I know that can be hard, because I don't like to talk to people a lot of the time. Therapy can be great. Yeah. Anyways. We cut to the mayor's office, and Betty and Jughead are there, and they're asking about Pop, and they're saying, oh, you know, maybe you can make it a landmark, um, maybe have a Pop's Day as a show of support, and Mayor McCoy is just like, nope, nope, I want to I keep uh, Riverdale safe. What and, if somebody else got shot? Yeah, you know, uh, so if we have to close it down, that's fine by me. Then we have a really horrible Jughead line, where he's like, you remember this day, Mayor McCoy. This is the day you turned your back on Pop Tate and my dad. You're going to send my dad away to jail? Yeah. This was a bad scene. It was not well done. It was rushed. They just... they just Jughead turns on a dime and just immediately accuses the mayor. As though yeah. he had gone there to accuse the mayor in the first place. Yeah, it's... Wait, that's probably what they were doing anyways. I just went... Man, y'all are better than this. Mm-hmm. Do better. Do better. And we cut to school. And we meet Midge! Hey! Moose's girlfriend. Okay, apparently she was in the last episode. Uh-huh. As, like in the background. We never actually met her. Whatever. It's Midge. So we met Midge. Midge Clump. She has gone up to Reggie. And she is asking Reggie if she can get some jingle jangle. So Reggie is the school's drug dealer. <laughs> this is awesome. And I love that we're continuing to use Jingle Jangle is the drug of choice. Jeez. Apparently, it's an upper that will keep you up in more ways than one. Are we thinking ecstasy here? No. <sighs> no. I wouldn't. Ecstasy. No. I don't, I don't care. Um, it's, it's our fictional upper of choice in Riverdale <laughs> that comes in pixie stick-like delivery system which is actually pretty funny uh <laughs> reggie says yeah i can get it for you no problem and then reggie looks over and he sees archie standing in front of the counselor's office so he goes over up to him he's like what are you doing what do you need you look like my nuts after football practice <laughs> that's a pretty good line also the uh the line no what's got you down girl troubles scabies <laughs> it's pretty good um and Archie just says, you know, do you have anything that can keep me up? Um, and Reggie references a couple different drugs and the jingle jangle. And Archie's like, jingle jangle? He's like, yeah. He's, He's like, like what, what can I get you, Wonder Bread? 
<laughs> it's a nice exchange. I like okay. it. The this turn on Reggie is so much better. Well, they they wanted more Reggie last season, but the actor wasn't available. I know, but they may, but they also have flipped his character around completely at the same time. Reggie was dumb jock Mr. guy football. who was Mr. Football. Now he he's can still be Mr. Football. He's just Mr. Drugged Football, and also has the great lines. Pretty good. He's pretty fun. He's pretty good. We cut to the blue and gold, and Betty says, We can't let the terrorists win. This also is a terrible scene. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Uh, Betty's pleading to Veronica and Kevin to help her save Pops, and Veronica says, You know, why is this the hill you're gonna die on? Like, like I get it, but why? I love, but she, oh, never mind. There was a reference in there that just made me angry. Just let it go. I know. Betty reminisces, and, you know, she's like, you know, it was orange freezes after ballet, after, you know, it was chicken soup with my dad, it was, you know, where I'm, you know, I met you, Veronica, and you, Kevin, and it's for Jughead, you know, he already lost the drive-in, he may lose his dad, maybe I can save this for him. Aw, slash bleh. Yeah, a little bit. He's lost a lot recently, and she's a good girlfriend. Oh, I get it, but... And then Hiram shows up with flowers. And Veronica goes, Daddy? And then Betty and Kevin both go, Daddy? Daddy? <laughs> Kevin's face when he said this. He's smiling. He's just grinning. It's like, oh, he's here. Drama. Yeah. This is riveting. I can't breathe. <laughs> Kevin Keller feeds on drama. He does. So... Then we cut to Hiram and Veronica are walking around outside. And... Veronica is just like, do you really think it's going to go back to the way it was? I can't. The blindfold's off. And Hiram's kind of, like, Hiram's, this is a weird scene. Mark Consuelos is a bad actor. No, I don't think that's it. Mm. No, I'm I'm not going to say that yet because this is. I'll say it in another scene for sure. Anyway. I think what we're having happen I'm, I'm gonna let him play out a little bit more before I call him horrible okay? I agree I agree but um, still he is he is not playing he's playing pretend Hiram yes this is not who Hiram actually is and I think we're supposed to think he's playing and I think we're, he's supposed to not feel genuine because that's the problem he feels kind of hokey well yeah and I want him I want him so bad to be like a Ted Bundy sociopath. I want him to be so freaking charming. Maybe even too charming. And right now I feel like there's no charisma. I could see us getting there. I want to see him fully charming and full of charisma and I don't see that at all yet. Well, I think I think we're going to see that, but right now he's just come back from prison. He knows things with his wife aren't great. He also knows that things with his daughter aren't great. Exactly. So it's not like every, he's he's got to change his tactics because daughter ain't here to play. She's not going to kiss his ass like yeah. he's probably used to. But she's not falling angry with him either. She's hurt. Yeah. And, she, you know. So there's just some weird back and forth and Veronica's just like, I'm not having this. And then... Hiram asks, you know, what what were you guys planning? Is, you know, is there something I can do to help? And Veronica tells him what's going on, and she's just like, I'll let you know. Yep. And leaves. We get 
An even more escalated bad Jughead. Jughead's talking with Tallboy. And basically he says, he talks, he's like, um, you know, my dad's got this awful deal. Tallboy asks, is he going to take it? Jughead's like, I have no idea, but maybe y'all could, you know, bust him out. The sheriff's office has worse, has worse security than the school. And Tallboy says, I think you've seen Escape from Alcatraz too many times. What you need is a snake Snake handler. Snake handler. Snake, yeah. Snake handler or snake charmer? I think it's a snake handler. Snake handler. Um, you know, somebody, you know, who can who knows who knows what we're dealing with. We'll talk more about that in a bit. <sighs> River Vixen practice. Oh, if it isn't Humpty and Dumpty. Hey, Cheryl's back, people. Love it. <laughs> and Josie has joined the Vixens. She's gonna work on her moves. And she's here to play, so long as she's in front. <laughs> All the other girls are like um, uh, excuse me? But but Cheryl's like, shut up. <laughs> and Veronica looks at Cheryl and says, are you taking the Vixens back? Oh, Veronica, did were they ever really yours? Yay! Which I was looking so close. And I, you can't tell if she's wearing the HBIC shirt. You can't <laughs> tell because I was like, Veronica should be wearing the HBIC shirt. Yep. And they should have let you see that, but they didn't. Uh, and so Betty asks Cheryl... Um, could the Vixens play at Retro Night at Pops? And Cheryl goes, oh, Betty, that's a double cherry on top. No. Now shoo. <laughs> she doesn't even say anything. Just oh, does she, her hands go, well, shoo. Shoo like. And, and Betty, the actress, is smirking. Is like, <laughs> get out of the scene. Can't wait for the bloopers I on it. that. I, I, I really think that was a, a an actor break. Mm, it was are. really cute though. I love it. They are shareling it up. I love it. It's so great. It's riveting. Um, I cut to Weatherby. And he has to tell a sad story. And he has full gravitas. I hate Weatherby. Yeah, I know. He should really be like... Mr. Belding? No. He should be like... Like... Dumbledore in Prisoner of Azkaban. That scene, the scene. Okay, the scene where Harry and Hermione um, come back in the time turner and they see him. They see Professor Dumbledore and they're like, "We did it!" And he's like, "Did what?" And he walks away. He's a little crazy, a little hippie like. I really like that quality that Michael Gambon brought to Dumbledore. You don't I, like the fake Gustavo Fring version? No. But I think I, I would just like. Weatherby to be more likable. Just more of a neutral, maybe a little bit of a goofy adult. Because we don't have any of those. And school is so dark, it would be really nice. Oh, we have a goofy adult. She's just also very intense. (laughs) It's a different kind of goofy. (laughs) I want somebody who, who as a character, is more of a comic book character. Well, we haven't met Mrs. Burble yet. We haven't met Mrs. Burble, the, the school counselor. Whatever. Grundy got murdered. Archie freaks out and leaves class. I I I literally said fuck you because I had to watch more Grundy slobbering. Yeah, we have a, lot of, a couple flashbacks. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> then we go to the Andrew's house and Archie's talking to Fred. Because what if somebody is going after the people I care about? I mean, well, he's he's righteously freaking out, having a panic attack. He's like, "You think I'm crazy?" And his dad, oh, like, Fred Andrews again. I think you're scared. 
And I love you, Fred Andrews. He's perfect. He's just even. He, But he gets, well, I mean, some of that's, I've been shot in the gut. I really can't move right now. I can't overreact to things so, right now. So he's just looking at him like, I get it, buddy. I understand. I know I, I know you're freaking out. It's like, yeah. I believe that you believe this. Like, but you but just got to. We really don't know anything about what happened. Mm-hmm. His, his dad's kind of like being like, you need to like calm down a little bit. Let's not freak out until we have something to freak out about. And I love, uh, he goes, do you want to, do you, do you even want to find out who did this? And Fred just doesn't say anything. And implicit in that is, no, I don't. I just want to heal yeah. and move on. It doesn't really, I don't think it really changes anything for Fred if, when, if they find the killer. It doesn't change anything for Archie. Because they're going to have to figure it out. <laughs> Okay, so then we cut to a tattoo parlor. And somebody's getting a serpent snake on his bicep. Jughead's totally getting a tattoo later. It may not be this season, but I'm putting it down as a life life prediction for this show. Yes, but I don't think it's going to be a serpent. I think it's going to be his crown with an S on it. Ooh. Instead of like a distinct snake. It'll be an S. I think he'll get an S. We'll see. Because he is from the south side. Might be a J. That would be weird. Anyway. So he's looking for Penny Peabody. And the tattoo artist kind of like nods his head. And he walks to the back of the shop through a beaded curtain. And he meets Penny Peabody. And he's just like, all right, you know, what are you, you do some interesting clientele? And she's like, I was a serpent. I still am. They put me through college and law school. And Jughead, and she shows Jughead that she has a tattoo on her arm. And Jughead goes, oh, yeah, you know, with all of the serpents being in out of jail, it makes sense to have a lawyer on the payroll. And Penny looks at him and says, FP always bragged that you were smart. And this surprises Jughead. Like, he wasn't expecting her to know who he was. It's her job to know who everybody is. Well, especially in the serpents, and his dad's a serpent. It's kind of like, okay, this is where you were kind of stupid. Well, but Penny Peabody's going to come back to play, I'm certain. Mm -hmm. Um, Penny says, the deal is garbage. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know, you know, I know about loopholes, but there are none in this case. And Jughead's like, so is there anything we can do? Penny explains that if you can get the victim's family to forgive him in front of a judge, they might give him time served in parole instead of a sentence. Yep. Jacob's like, this is amazing. Um, He asks, you know, well, okay, do I pay you? And Penny says, let's just consider it a favor. Maybe you You can do this. I do this one for you. Maybe later I ask you to do one for me, Jughead. Looks maybe a, he looks a little uneasy, but he's like, okay, because it's not like Jeff had his money anyways. And then uh, maybe we have a lasagna and uh, you whack a guy. <laughs> you know, it's totally the mob. It is. Uh, <laughs> Pen- and Jughead's leaving and Penny says, tell your dad to wear a tie. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Jughead, you stupid. <sighs> dumb, dumb boy. He has to have his moments. I know. He can't always be smarter than everybody, which I like. It, it's important to rem- to show that they are still kids. I feel like this episode, they kind of did that with everybody. Uh, with him specifically. 
I, I think. Oh, so one other thing here and, and thing I want to float out. Are the serpents purposefully not doing everything they can for FP because they're afraid he's going to rat them out? Yes. I think so. I think that's what's playing. I on think here. as and they're dragging Jughead along because they want they want Jughead in their crosshairs. So FP is scared, too scared to do anything. Yeah, they will. They would use Jughead as le- as leverage. Mm-hmm. Like as long as FP's playing playing by the rules, we're gonna protect your we'll kid. Protect, we'll protect Jughead. But if not, uh uh-uh, uh, we're gonna fuck him up to to spite you. And we're fucking close. Yeah. So. We cut to the Cooper house, and <laughs> Alice and uh, Archie and Betty are standing in front of Alice, and Alice goes, well, Archie, you're twitching, which means it must be serious. Spoken like a true parent who's known this kid since he was born. I love Alice Cooper. She's the best. <laughs> She's my favorite parent. She is my favorite. Wow. And that's saying something. Fred. She's a horrible parent, but I love her. Mm. So Archie explains that he thinks the killer's connected, and Betty just goes, you know, hey, I wonder, I'm just wondering, can you get the autopsy details like you did for Jason? And Alice says, we've come a long way from dances at the gym and football tryouts. Yeah, I'll reach out to my ghoulish friend. And Archie leaves. And Alice says, oh, Betty, patron saint of lost causes. <laughs> Betty just looks like, what? What, mom? <laughs> she just shrugs. She's just I don't, I, I... <laughs> Betty's reactions are priceless. Alice tells Betty that Pops is selling the diner. And get this, to an anonymous buyer. Sound familiar? Immediately call Veronica. Well, then we cut to Veronica's on the phone with B, And Veronica goes in and confronts Hiram and Hermione. Uh, and this is where I got pissed at Marcus Weathers. I, he here's was, my problem. He was caught off guard. I I know. I feel like that's how he's trying to play it. It's okay. He's not doing a perfect job. I will give you that. But I just I don't also bu- don't think the writing is giving him a whole lot to do. Yeah, I just don't buy his fakeness yet. But here's the thing: Marisol Nichols is acting her fucking ass off. She's killing it. Let's talk about the scene, and then let's get into okay. what we think from her acting. Veronica confronts Hiram and Hermione. More specifically, Hiram. Uh, she's like, are you doing this to buy me? You're buying pop tapes? And Hiram's like, no, no, we're not. We're not buying pops. Uh, now sit down so we can talk civilly. And she says, oh, you want to do this? Yes, that's all I've ever wanted is to have a fair trial. <laughs> and Veronica's like, okay, let's talk about Mr. Andrews. Money looks scared. She looks uncomfortable. And Hiram does that clenched jaw thing. Mm-hmm. Which we know, we know he, you know, he sabotaged Andrew's construction. We know that as a fact. Yes. Well, basically a fact. We know. Yeah. yeah. We get it. So we know he, he's Moose not... got the crap beat out of him because of Hiram Lodge. Mm-hmm. And Veronica says, asks him, did you have anything to do with that? Hiram says, no, and I, I didn't do it, and I didn't have, um, I didn't, didn't hire, hire anybody. anybody. Which, at that point, Hermione kind of flinches. Mm. Yeah. That was interesting. So then, Veronica goes and gets the letter. Oh, no. She explains, I was your biggest defender. Ask anybody. Ask mom. I would always tell people you weren't that bad. And then I get this letter from you. Threatening mom. 
And she hands it to her mom says, this is the man that you've let back into our lives. And Hermione takes the letter and she looks at it and she goes, Hiram didn't write this. I did it because I needed you to testify. And you Hiram, can see the gears turning in her yes. head. And Hiram says, yes, she did it for us to survive. Veronica gets pissed and says, you two deserve each other and leaves. What is she covering up for him? I don't. What is her advantage? Money. She didn't come for money. She's from the south side. Yeah. So she didn't come for money. And I think she probably uh, she probably married up when she married him. And his illegal businesses is just part of the deal. But is she plotting is she plotting against him? I don't know yet. Or is she just happy to have him home? I don't think it's that. I think she's... Her wonderful I, sociopath. I think she's trying to survive. Narcissist husband. Because in this moment, um, she could choose to freak out. Mm -hmm. Or she could play the game. And Hermione and Hiram's survival depends on their daughter not being a loose cannon right now. Yeah. So, Hermione's being very strategic. Mm -hmm. I don't know what for. I don't know what end it's for, but she is being strategic. So, that's why I think you see that mental work going on all over Marisol Nichols' face. So, she's killing it. I need to see that on Mark Consuelos' face Fair. as well. I got more from him in this scene. Uh, oh, shit. Oh, yes. Yes, we're going to forgive her because she did it for us. My problem like, is I'm getting literally nothing from him when I'm watching. Okay. And maybe this is me, but I just, at, every time I saw him, I was just like, I'm getting nothing from you and I need more. That's fair. So hopefully that'll change. All right. And then we, well. We cut to. A house. A house. And Cheryl opens the door. Well, first Jughead goes, the down, uh, yeah, this, this, this isn't, isn't really downsizing, downsizing is it? Knock on the door. Hobo. Bride of Hobo. I love you, Cheryl. Welcome to Thistle House. Thistle House. Best line of the episode. They used to live at Thornhill, and now they live at Thistle House. Uh-huh. Mother's in the conservatory. What the fuck? <laughs> this house is so Tim Burton-esque. That's all I kept yeah. thinking. It's dark, and it's moody, and there's way too many plants. Oh, no, 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 no. It's Grey Gardens. A little bit Grey Gardens. And Pen Penelope has, you know, her, she's all burnt. But then she's got this head wrap, and she's just covered from head to toe. It's hilarious. That's why it's Grey Garden. That, that, that's right. It is a little bit <laughs> Garden. I just, all of the extra plants felt very Tim Burton to it me. It doesn't matter. Hobo, bride of hobo. Hobo, bride of hobo. It's, it's wonderful. <laughs> Jughead asked Cheryl to testify for FP. Uh, Penelope is like this crazy woman. And where is Nana Rose? I need to know where Nana Rose is. Died in the fire? Maybe. Probably not. She's crazy. <laughs> she, has, she has dementia and gypsy blood. <laughs> Nana Rose has dementia and gypsy blood. Uh, Penelope says if we're up, or, up to me, I'd watch FP Fry in the electric chair. And Cheryl goes on about, um, I won't have a living reminder walking the streets of uh, this family tragedy. Yeah. But she they consider FP a loose end of all this horribleness and so they want him gone. They need 
they need something. They need some resolution. Betty, you know, Betty tries to remind her that, you know, FP didn't kill Jason, your dad did. And it's just not working with, with Cheryl. Might I mention that as soon as they walk in the door, Cheryl's got that plaster smile on her face and is joshing with them. Her face goes dead as soon as she shuts the door. Oh, yeah. Damn. She's good at that. Uh-huh. Um, and then the, um, Jughead and Betty leave and Betty's like, what's next? And he's just like, blackmail, extortion. I'd do it if it was they weren't a, an mm-hmm. actual widow and an orphan. She's not really an orphan. Though her mom is non-existent really in Cheryl's life. So it's as if she's an orphan. What do we do now that Cheryl's gone full poison ivy? It's <laughs> a great line. We cut to the coroner and a dead Grundy. Yay! <laughs> so excited she's dead because i don't like her it was a crime of passion and hatred strangled with lacerations at her neck yeah that corner dude is creepy <laughs> like he should be bubbly and happy like he should just be like eating food it should just be so funny it would be so much fun like the eye zombie people i know they're just sitting here eating like chinese food <laughs> dropping it in dead bodies okay that's too much well I it was interesting when the cor- at the end of the scene the coroner asks Alice did you know the victim and Alice just kind of goes no I feel like that's a lie I mean you know of course she knew who the teacher was and all that but it just felt weird it felt weird how might be killing people it's not how you never know that's a very popular theory but I just, uh, I'm going to ignore that right now. They're not easily ruling it out for us, so... Anyway. No, whatever. Archie's at home. And he's he's in the kitchen, and he looks up, and he sees the shooter in the window. And he runs outside, and there's actually a person there this time. And so he's tackling him to the ground, and then he realizes it's Reggie. Well, wow, Reggie really is that dumb. Reggie, he's like, what the fuck are you doing? He didn't say fuck. But he's like, what are you doing? Especially walking around with this black hood on... And Reggie's like, it's called a prank. No, that's not a prank. No, that's funny because in the graphic novel that I'm currently reading, uh, that is one of the first things they describe Reggie as. He's a prankster. Well, yeah. I think he's, he was a prankster in like the 50s comics. I don't, I don't remember him in the digests. I think, being... I think he was a prankster. I don't remember that. But uh, he does bring up the point. Yo... You got a baseball bat. He has a gun, Andrews. Only a dumbass lunatic brings a bat to a gunfight. It's a fair point. So. Uh, and Reggie was there to bring Archie his uppers. Jingle, jingle. Jingle, jingle. Um, let's see. So we okay. cut to... Now we're, now we're at Archie's house with Alice. Alice is explaining what she... I learned from the corner to Archie and Fred, and she said that um, she was strangled. No sign of forced entry. Oh, uh, so, so this she, was a personal connection. So she knew that she knew the killer, and, and there she was, was no with a bow, a cello bow. Yeah, and it's like, you know, it's very different, and it is not likely that they are connected. And Archie says, "I know you guys are going to think I'm crazy, and maybe I am." Oh, oh, oh you feel so bad good. for him, and you know, Fred's doing, you know loving father like concerned face looking at Alice and it's, it's this is a good scene because Alice wasn't mean she wasn't 
um, Miss Know It All. She wasn't condescending. She gets the, all the all all Archie wants to know is the truth. Yeah. And she tells him the truth, and you just oh KJ, oh your acting is just getting right to me. So He's good. Doing good. I'm. You know what? He's your main character. He's the lead out of everyone in this show. If you're going to give someone meat, give it to him. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand you don't want to give it to him all the time. But for this story, for this season, for how this is supposed to start, it should be all him. Well, last season was really Jughead season. No, it was a lot of Betty. It was, you know, it was very evenly between, even between the four. It mm-hmm. was. Yeah. Um, but the, these two episodes have been all Archie. In terms of meat, uh, we cut to Pop Tates and Betty and Jughead are eating, and Betty's like, "Okay, who are you selling it to?" And Pop goes, "I'm ashamed to say, Chug Mo, the liquor store chain." Chug Mo, Chug Mo, <laughs> Chug Mo liquor store. Love that. So sounds <laughs> like something that would be in our backyard. I swear. Uh, Jughead asks Pop for um, a last request. And he's like, but it's for my dad. And, you know, he very well could be going away for 20 years. And that meatloaf, they serve prisoners. And I just wanted to see if we could get him his favorite meal. And Pop Pop remembers remembers it. It's fried chicken, cornbread, and an orange freeze. And (laughs) Jughead looks at him and says, that's very Rain Man of you, Pop. (laughs) Pop says, I've been doing this a long time. And 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 Betty is just sitting here listening to him and says, this is unacceptable. It says what? Everything. Do not give up. I can fix you don't, this. And you don't give up either. She looks like Pops and says it. Yeah, and she's pointing her finger and wagging it. She goes, I can fix this. And she runs away. <laughs> gives gives Jug a kiss. Side note. Occasionally, <laughs> like, buy stickers. <laughs> and just this week, I got in a sticker that is a picture of Betty from the comics. And it says, willpower. Nerves of steel, strength of character. With her finger up. With her finger wagging. (laughs) I will post a picture on our Instagram account for your enjoyment. As well as a link to where I bought the sticker. It was perfect, Betty. I love it. It's so cute. I was like, well, all right, that's Betty. Cut to the locker room. And Cheryl's in her underwear getting dressed. In fucking ridiculous lingerie. Okay, if there's anybody who's going to have crazy sexy lingerie, it's going to be Cheryl. But she's in a full fucking garter. No, she's not. Uh, she is. I don't think so. You you barely see it, but they pan down a little bit, and you're just like, what the? Who would fucking wear that to school? I don't know. Cheryl Blossom would. Yeah, pretty much. I, mean, I got over this on Gossip Girl, so whatever. I just why is she wearing this? Because she's gonna be in her underwear, and Haynes is not, you know. But. It's not aspirational for the TV viewers. She doesn't have her lipstick on. No, she doesn't. Which is interesting. There's a couple scenes where she doesn't have her lipstick on, and we know what I've said about her lipstick. That's, if she doesn't have it on, she's in a vulnerable position, which is exactly where she finds herself here. Aside from being in your underwear. Betty comes in, and she says, you know, Cheryl, you want closure. Uh, You can either help get FP off, or I will wide release the video of your dad killing Jason. Sure. Try having closure with having that go viral. That out in the world. And Cheryl's like, are you threatening me? Oh, and no. Betty says, no, this is fun girl talk. When Betty does that, she looks exactly like her mom. 
<laughs> like that is exact Alice. Oh, she's playing Alice Cooper. Those two could not have been more perfectly cast uh-huh. as mother daughter. Well done. Uh, Cheryl says, okay, if I testify, you have to give me the video and promise that all other copies have been destroyed. Um, and Betty Betty actually brings up a de- semi-decent point mm-hmm. while being threatening here, which is you could save a man's life, and this story could end happy, could have a happy for everybody. For everybody. Um, which is very true. Mm-hmm. So Cheryl is agreeing, and then Betty goes, oh, yeah. And I need the River Vixens to uh, perform at Retro Night. For Retro Night. And Cheryl just kind of goes back and goes, you're a stone cold bitch, Betty Cooper. And Betty's just like, I don't, and runs out the door. And leaves. I like that game recognizes game. Mm-hmm. Game recognizes game. It's one thing Betty is not. She's not stupid. She but, learns. But Cheryl's like, all right, cool. <laughs> I think Veronica's in the blue and gold office, but she's sitting at a desk and she's looking at her phone. And, and she's moping. And Jughead walks in. And he says, I don't have red hair, broad shoulders, or a blonde ponytail for that matter, but do you want to talk? He's eating like a cupcake or something. He's eating this whole episode. I love it. It's Jughead. Yeah, he's he's eating all the time. Um, and Veronica says, you know, you were ready to walk away from your dad. What changed? He did. Mm-hmm. And uh, Veronica's like, you know, how do you know someone's just supposed to be bad? And Jughead said, no, you don't. And if there's even a small chance that your dad is trying, Chronicles, yeah, yeah, I get you. Oh, uh, he's just like, my dad may be going away for 20 years. Archie's dad almost died. Like, so, you, you, you gotta bury the yeah. hatchet. Like, yeah. You gotta give him a chance. Archie goes to the sheriff's office. And he tells the sheriff, you need to look into Grundy's ex-husband. The sheriff's like, how do you know about her ex-husband? And he's like, we were, we were close. <laughs> <laughs> and the sheriff says, we've already talked to her ex-husband. He's got an airtight alibi. Let me make this point. Airtight alibis don't mean shit. They're often airtight, specifically because they're bad. This is bad police work by Sheriff Keller. Airtight I, alibis don't necessarily mean okay, that it isn't but I, true. I think the whole point is for us to not look outside of Riverdale, that it is somebody in Riverdale doing this. And I get that, and, and I think that's it in the end. But... It, it's one of those things where you go, yeah, but that don't mean shit. Okay, I mean, Sheriff, be better at your job. I mean, this is a murder mystery. There's going to be some misdirection. For all we know, it's Sheriff Keller. Misdirection. Misdirection. <laughs> Thank you, Monsters University. Uh, and Archie is just like, okay, yeah, maybe I am just going crazy. Maybe he is. We cut to Pops. And everybody's cleaning it up and painting over the, you know, death diner spray paint. And Kevin looks at Veronica's like, have you seen Betty? Veronica's like, no, but she, she'll be here. She's like, hopefully Sheriff, Cheryl will come through with them. Mm-hmm. Cut to the courtroom. Courthouse. And Cheryl's testifying. And she says, you know, the FP's guilt has been blown out of proportion, perhaps to um, Stand in for the justice we didn't get by my because of my father's suicide, which is actually fair and probably a little accurate here. And the judge goes, "Yeah, but given all the other extenuating circumstances, I don't think this is enough for us to be lenient." And Cheryl is a little quick on her feet, and she goes, "My father. I overheard my father threatening FP. He said that if he didn't uh, take the fall, he was going to threaten Jughead." 
And this actually happened. Cheryl just has no knowledge of it. No, she can't testify to it. No. So she's straight up lying. I mean, the, that actually occurred. Cheryl just has no way of knowing it, about it. And that makes Jiggos, okay, well, let's take a stick back and reevaluate and do sentencing at a later date. This makes my legal self angry. It's okay. Let it go. In what world would the trial work like this? A judge would not allow this. The other lawyers would have objected. Oh, yeah. This should have happened in Discovery, damn it. It should have, totally. Um, and then Jughead, you know, taps his dad on the back because FP's like, uh, he's like, is this a win? And Jughead's like, it's a delay. And then Jughead hugs his dad. And, like, Jughead's basically crying. And you're just like, oh, the feelings. The feelings. Mm-hmm. So good. Good job, Cole Sprouse. Good job. Cut to Pops. And there are girls roller skating inside Pops. And Betty's just looking around like, Nobody's here. Nobody's here. Jughead is in a retro Pops uniform. All the boys are in retro Pops uniforms and all the girls are in somewhat tight. More like 70s style. They've got short shorts and um, yellow. The ringer tees, like a tight ringer tee. And roller skates. Not all of them are in roller skates, but there's a couple. Yep. Yeah, it's very retro. And then Alice enters and there are balloons at the front of the door. And so Alice has to like fight her way through the balloons and it's like she's coming from a cloud it's she swats the balloons and goes and then looks at betty and goes smile hmm. <laughs> i'm here to write my story over one last root beer float i'm calling it a requiem for pops and she's betty like, can you give me a quote Betty's like mom this is one obituary you are not gonna write <laughs> the, the line before that is wonderful you're a fiend mother oh yeah she <laughs> Their banter is so good. Oh, so much fun. So, so the vixens, cute. the vixens are, are you waiting know, on people. Everybody's waiting, and then Josie and and Melody show up. Uh huh. They're like, Betty, why did you blast on social media that the Pussycats were performing? Well, because if, if I asked you, you would have said no. No. <laughs> Josie's like, I we my mother would kill me if she knew we were here, and also I'm down one cat. Uh, Valerie is out with the norovirus. So... Cheryl's like, I can step in. She's like, um, I'm sure if it's a cover, I'll know the lyrics. And besides, if you can be a river vixen, I can be a pussycat. Okay, one thing I wasn't aware of until I started reading all the Reddit. Apparently, there was a cut scene from last season for the pep rally where Cheryl was supposed to be a part of the Pussycats. Nah. So that's what this kind of connects to. So Cheryl's like an honorary Pussycat. Okay. So, because some people were asking a question like, this doesn't make sense. Oh, well, it was a deleted scene. Okay. I don't really care also, because Josie is, and Cheryl are supposed to be good friends. Also, is Val just going to disappear? No, the actress is actually shooting a movie right now. No. Or was, so, you know, she couldn't be in everything. So she has norovirus. Well, you know what? Melody got a line. Hey! <laughs> she exists. Yay. So the Pussycats are on top of Pops and they're singing a song. <laughs> what song are they singing? I'm singing Milkshake, originally <laughs> released by Khalees. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Milkshake is a song about blowjobs. Hey! And the main line of the song is, my milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. And they're like, it's better than yours. Damn right. It's better than yours. I could teach you. But I'd have to charge. It's about blowjobs for money. Yeah. It's yeah. Great. And it's like this slow jam version of it. It's a, it's a, it's a retro 50s-ish kind of jingly. 
thing. I don't know. It's, it's ridiculous. And Cheryl is completely out of sync with the other pussycats. I'm really starting to believe that she is not capable of dancing. I don't know. I mean, they're they're filmed like 20 feet away where nobody can actually see them. So You can really see that matter. she's not in sync with them. That's okay. unacceptable. Okay. 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 But Archie... Archie's there. He's shown up and... He's trying to face his he's, fears. He's he's having a hard time. Mm-hmm. He walks in and, you know, he sees the floor and then he sees the blood on the floor and then he sees roller skates going through the blood on the floor. Mm-hmm. And he's just having some weird flashes, you know, because he's back where it happened and Veronica comes and says hi to him and she's like... Hey, hey daddy-o. Hey, daddy-o. Creepy. <laughs> uh, she takes him to a booth uh, and then the lodges show up and, they, and Veronica's a little hesitant and they say, we're just here to be supportive. And Veronica replies that, you know, okay, I've been thinking this is a new beginning for us and for Pops. And uh, Hiram says, you know, in honor of that, I think Lodge Industries should uh, make a charitable contribution. Alice is in her booth writing her story and then some serpents show up. So she takes a bunch of pictures. (laughs) Alice is just like full on like being Alice. Well, she's she's like. Suspicious face. Picture, picture, picture. Mm -hmm. I think the whole town is just immune to her snooping. Uh Uh-huh. Which is hilarious. I love that. (laughs) Like, oh, she's taking our pic... Whatever. She knows. If she's spying, I don't care. That's what she does. No, I love it. It's great. Um, And then she looks outside. Nope. That doesn't happen yet. Oh, okay. Uh, Jughead. We catch over to Jughead and Betty and Cheryl. Jughead gives Cheryl the thumb drive with the videos, and Betty gives promises that she's deleted all the other copies. I don't believe that she did. I don't think anybody heard that on the microphone. Okay. I don't think Betty deleted the videos. I think and like I think she is her mother's daughter and has kept a copy. <laughs> I don't really care if it never comes back, but that's what I think. But Cheryl goes, honor your promise to me. And I think Betty means it. She's going to honor her mm-hmm. promise, so long as you don't try to fuck me over. Correct. So then we cut to outside, and Reggie walks up to a car that's got Moose and Midge, and he is handing them over their jingle jangle. And then we see Alice sees this, and she starts taking pictures of it. And then... Alice is shocked. Pops is super excited. He's like, hey guys, I've got great news. We're going to be able to stay open. It's all thanks to this girl right here, and he's gesturing to Betty and he goes and also thanks to the lodges for their contribution has given us enough of a cushion to weather any storm and then we, we zoom in over to Hermione and Hiram and Hermione says um, I didn't know we were in the charity business mm-hmm. and Hiram replies that uh, as of five minutes ago we own this diner and in exchange for his silence I told Tate he could stay on as manager so the lodges own pops, and pops isn't gonna say anything as so long as he's got his job. Yep. Uh, and Hermione's smiling mm-hmm. and doting. She's mm, kind of more like, oh, my husband is still—he's still got his sneaky ways. And then Hiram looks at Hermione. He's like, "Thank you for saying that you wrote that letter. Your loyalty knows no bounds." I just was like, "Fuck him up, Hermione." She. Looked, it's gonna happen. Oh yeah, it's it was very it was very mob wife proud was the, the face that I saw. Or it could just be relief proud of like, we got through this shit. <laughs> I am trying so hard, Mia. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> then we cut over to the foursome 
in their booth and Archie says, hey Ronnie, should I introduce myself to your dad? Which is a very honorable thing for a young man to do. Yeah. Especially now that he's sleeping with her. <laughs> um, and Veronica says, um, I think you've, you've, you've uh, encountered enough dragons for one night. And meanwhile, he's staring outside at Dilton and Doily. Dil- Dilton's standing outside at a car and Dilton's looking shifty like Dilton does. Mm-hmm. And, uh... They talk about a rare... Jughead talks about a rare win for the good guys. Mm-hmm. And they ask Archie, are you okay? And Archie says, I'm here with y'all. So I think I think I'm okay. He's looking like his dad. A little bit. But he's still, like, a little jittery. Oh, yeah. But he, he, he has relaxed a little bit because he's with his friends. He's super twitchy. Uh, then we cut back to Thistle House? Yes. Okay. We got it. And... Cheryl walks in, and I don't believe she's wearing her lipstick. We don't get a full shot of her face, but it doesn't look like she's got it. I have a present for you. I have a present for you, Mother. And she has queued up the video of her dad killing Jason. She goes, I think it might bring you peace. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting scene. It's actually kind of nice because Cheryl's showing some mercy to her mom. Like, she wants her mom to be able to move on, too. Before she murders her. Cheryl's just not going to be abused anymore by her mother. Exactly. Now she has abused her mother. I'm in control. Yeah. I'm the boss. I am the captain now. (laughs) I'm the captain. Look at me. (laughs) Look at me. I'm the captain. Uh, We cut back to Pembroke. And the lodges are all entering the lobby. And there is a new butler. We don't know who this guy is. Andre. Andre. Yes, sorry. Uh... Veronica asks, where's Smithers? Hiram quickly says, oh, I didn't tell you. Smithers' mother fell ill, and he went overseas to check on her. That's a lot of shit, if I ever heard some. And Veronica, so they walk off, and Veronica's walking behind them, and you can see on her face that she's like, this doesn't sound right. Rut row. row. We cut to... Jughead making sandwiches. Making some food. And he gets a phone call from FP, who is freaking out. Did you talk to Penny Peabody? Yeah. Did you pay her? No. Do not contact her again. You do not want to be in bed with a snake charmer. And then he hangs up. And his face is super panicky and messed the fuck up. And Jughead's like, what uh, what happened? His face when his dad hung up on him was like, it was that little kid panicky, like you don't know what to move. It was very good. I like that. That's not going to go well for Jughead later. So, Penel- no, Penny Peabody is not a good person. No. I wouldn't be shocked if she's the boss. Oh, that would make a lot of sense. Like, FP FP plays this sort of... man. I, I feel like FP is basically a middle manager she's role. She's one of the bosses, for sure. But it's like, FP's not in charge so much as he's the guy who runs the day-to-day stuff. There's, there's always the boss, the person who handles the money, and the person who handles the legal. So she's the legal person. Right. We don't know who the money guy is, and we don't know who the boss boss is. Exactly. We've assumed it was FP. But I think what we're figuring out is that is not the case. He's, FP's super high ranking? He's probably like... First lieutenant. He's a high-ranking dude because he's senior and he's been there yeah. a long time. But he's the right-hand man to the, whoever boss man is. The other thing I think, for all we know, could be Hiram. The other thing I think they fear mm-hmm. is that he's going to try and get out of the business, and they that don't. That would want make that. a lot of sense, and they don't want that at all. 
Yeah. They want him right in with them. Yeah. Ride or die. And it's like, it's not going to be well. Yeah, that favor is going to create a big problem for Chughead. Back to Pops. Uh, Alice has finished writing her story. And she goes to Betty and is like, you do realize that several drug deals have happened here tonight, right? Betty's face is priceless. She's like, what? No, she doesn't go that. She actually looks like little, she looks like little kid. What? What did I do? I didn't do nothing. She's like super innocent. Oh, crap. And her her mom tells her, you know, you are almost single-handedly responsible for giving crime a safe haven here in Riverdale. Because the serpents now have a toe in the north side, and if you think Hiram's actually just given a charitable contribution to somebody, I have a bridge Bridge to to sell sell you. you. (sighs) And just walks out the door, and Betty's like, but... But what? But but, uh," I was like, aww, it's innocent, Betty. What did I do? I did it good. I did it good. (laughs) Why are you ruining it, Mommy? You're so crazy. But Alice... See, the flip side is, Alice is right. Alice is not wrong. But I cannot wait to find out more about Alice's past because she was a serpent. Alice and I want to. Pete. I want to. Dude. Where's her tattoo? I know. I was like, her tattoo's on her ass. <laughs> like cutie mark style. Nah, it's probably on her back. It could be a tramp stamp. But I, yeah, it's probably on her ass. Anyway. Ass, ass is ass or ankle. It's one of the two. We cut to Sweetwater Bridge. And Archie's there to meet Dilton, and he is there to get a gun. Archie's got a gun. Did you have to do that? I did. Ugh. No more <laughs> coffee for you. It's making you all jittery. <laughs> okay, and then, so, so Archie gets his gun and tells Dilton, I'm not crazy. It's, the killer's still out there, and this is for protection. And, you know, Dilton's like, whatever you say, Archie. Because Dilton's a psychopath. We've established that. Dilton's like, I don't care. More guns. I like guns. And Archie walks off and uh, Jughead's narration says that was the first time in weeks that Archie would sleep. Only to wake up the next morning. To a new nightmare. Cue. Which is a lovely Freddy Krueger reference, our second one. Cue Season of the Witch by Donovan. And we see a car that has been parked. And it's Midge and Moose, and they're taking their jingle jiggle, which looks like pixie sticks. Oh my god! And they start making out, and then they stop because they see some something moving Moose in the background. Moose sees and hears something. And then we see the hooded person, the black hooded person, in the back, walk behind the car, up around the side. It's got a, they've got a flashlight in one hand and a gun in the other. They hold the flashlight up to the two of them. Then he holds up the gun and he starts shooting. Blood splatter. Blood splatter. Then the sh- then the sh- uh, then we cut back to the shooter um, leaving the car, walking away from the car. End and of episode. Riverdale. Guys, they copied Zodiac. Love it. We love Zodiac. Though I realized I thought it was just a complete copy, but they used a different song because in Zodiac they used "Hurdy Gurdy Man" yes. by Donovan. But <laughs> the way that killing happened is exactly the way the Zodiac. Calm, walk up, bang, bang, walk away. Yes. Seemingly random. This is not a movie, our movie podcast, but go watch that movie. Oh, Zodiac is great. Three hours and you're going to feel like it's an hour and a half. Oh, yeah. We didn't even, like, the only reason we knew it was long is because we had somewhere we had to be and we didn't know that the movie was going to be that long, so we were cutting it close. So good. It was my birthday. It was an amazing movie. It was great. And it 
got no accolades at the time. That was a really good, that was a Robert Downey. That was before Iron Man, so because he was still in movie jail. Mm-hmm. That was a great one. Love it. Everybody in that movie is amazing. Yeah. So yeah, so the 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 uh, killer is still killing, shooting, shooter still shooting. The fact that he's killing Moose and Midge. Okay, horror movie rules. We we do not know if they're dead. Well, that's true. We don't know if they're dead. But the fact that he's attacking them now complicates things for me. Yes. That's why I think it coming around to um, Hal. Hal makes a little sense. Not saying that he oh, is, no, no, no. but the telegraphing there is big. I like the reasoning that a lot of people put forth is like uh, the angel of death has come to clean Riverdale of all their sinners. Exactly. Which makes sense. Um, it's still a little confusing with Fred. Yeah, but, that's where I'm. But that's Fred has a DUI. He did have an affair with a married woman. I mean, uh, yeah. So who knows, man? So who knows? And then you know, what did what did Moose and Midge do other than drugs? The only other thing is, I keep wondering if there's like a preacher character out there somewhere. We're gonna meet whoever it is soon. Agreed. If it's not somebody we already know. Which I don't think it is. The other, the other big candidate a lot of people are pointing to is Tallboy. There's no way, man. Which I just... I feel like that's too easy. Yeah. Maybe it's the deputy, and that's why we haven't met him yet. I, you mentioned that, and I thought that immediately. Okay. But you know what? Before we can talk about that, we got to go watch the next week. Yep. All right. So, just like last week... We're going to take a little break. You're going to hear some music. And then when we come back, we're going to talk We're going to talk about the next time on. So if you don't want to be spoiled about any of that, you need, to, you need to go rate us on iTunes and then turn us off. And we'll see you next time. All right. Hashtag go Bulldogs. Or we'll see you in 10 seconds. Okay. Bye. Damn. Hey. Okay, we literally just watched it. Watched the preview for next week. It looks good. Uh-huh. We get Ethel Barb. Going missing? Hurt in some way. Terrorized. Don't, don't kill Ethel Barb again. Not until we know what happens to her on Stranger Things, which we'll find out in like two weeks. She's she's probably gone. She's probably gone on the upside down, never to return. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe by the end of this. That's a whole nother thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kevin's making out with somebody in the woods. I bet it's Joaquin. No, I think it's going to be Betty's future brother. I want it to be her brother. I do. It would be so great. Okay. And uh, Hiram is threatening Archie. Oh, yeah. And some good stuff. Oh, he's like, you know, don't sneak into my daughter's bedroom anymore. It's like, oh, he knows what's going on. Um, there's a there's the blood red, let it, blood letting of Riverdale. And we finally, oh. we get the killer's official nickname, the Black Hood. Okay, now, extra spoiler, we're already in our spoiler section. So, yes. the Black Hood is actually a character from Archie. Uh, in our last episode, Pure Heart the Powerful was Archie's superhero name in the comic, and he fights Black Hood. Okay. And that's my understanding. I haven't read that comic but everybody's talking about it in the Reddit, so I was like, "Oh, okay." That so makes this sense. is this is our Christopher Nolaning of it. <laughs> a little bit. 
Hence why we got the pure heart, the powerful joke. Oh, it's still funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, and golly, they are making him the Zodiac Killer. That's literally what he is. Because the thing is, is we've got Hal and Alice mm-hmm. giving a, a press release and a letter to the sheriff. Mm-hmm. So that's straight out of the Zodiac. Oh, yeah. So we've got we've got a killer who knows what he's doing, and he's giving a he's giving the information out. Yes, and trying to get people to pay attention to him. And then there's this head tilt by Hiram when he's talking to Archie that I was like, yes, yes, he's yeah, gonna go we're, there. We're gonna see it. I was just like, a half. If they didn't do that with his character and they just kind of made him smarmy rich guy, I'd have yeah. been very disappointed in that character. So I, I really want to see them go full board well, with it. Let's be fair. This last episode was the first one we had seen with him at all. Yeah, no. Like, we saw him one scene, which he was scary in that one scene. Well, the more the more this you talked it. about, and the more you talked about it, the more I was like, okay, I'm, I'm recognizing this a little more. I just feel like you know, it was like, let me see it a little bit more. Turn on mm-hmm. the charm like crazy. Okay, be so Ted Bundy. <laughs> when we finished watching the, this previous episode, you had kind of said like, oh, this was this wasn't a good episode, and I don't disagree. Episode. You know, episode two wasn't great, but it moved us into the next. It it moved the story away from the initial shooting. Well, here's here's what it turned out to be. Mm-hmm. It was sloppy. It was sloppy. It was badly done. Yes. That they they there were a lot of things that it was just slapping stuff together mm-hmm. in that way. But I feel so ready for the next episode now. Like super ready for it. True. So like we moved into this. So I think next oh next week's gonna be crazy. And then one thing I thought of before we get out is I I worry, are we going to have the issue of that first season was 13 episodes. Mm-hmm. Everything felt tight, put together really solidly. Mm-hmm. Are we going to have an issue where that doesn't happen as much because we are expanding the amount of episodes? I don't, I don't know. Um, I feel like from, from some of the things I've read and some of the things that people have speculated what's happening in the season as a whole, they've got a pretty finite idea of what happens by the end of hiatus. Right. So I feel like maybe they know what they're doing in terms of doing that mid-season finale and then doing the back half, because the back half is longer. We're only doing nine episodes here. Yeah. And then I guess we'll do another 13 on the other side. So they kind of already got that rhythm, because this was, this premiered January, season one premiered January of 2017. Yeah. As a mid-season replacement. So we'll see. It's all about momentum for the show. Yes. I feel like if it if it drags at any point, you if they if they take more than one episode to kind of catch up on a story, uh-huh. and this is a catch up episode. Yes. But I I feel like they have to keep propelling forward, or otherwise they're just going to lose the well, rail. Well, let's see here. We by the end of this half of the season, by the time we get to episode nine, which is the the mid season finale, we need to know who the killer is. And we need to be in the process of ending that part of the story. And we should already have the next mystery crazy part well established. So that when we leave, we're excited to come back. Yeah. So it's not all loose ends. There can be a cliffhanger. Well, it could also be that we know who the killer is, but nobody else does. That's, yeah, that that would be okay. Yeah. But they also have to have whatever else is going on. Because we cannot do this for with as quickly as they're going to be killing off they're going to run on teenagers <laughs> or parents uh, we're going to run on the people that we care about 
<laughs> There's not that many people in Riverdale. This is not like My Little Pony where it's just filled with random people. <laughs> it is a small town. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm psyched. All right. Let's Hashtag go, go boys. Take a moment to review and rate us on iTunes, and for questions and comments, drop us an email at macintoshandmod at gmail.com.